Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. As I predicted, my email has just exploded by people with solutions to what happens when you forget that doggy bag. Um, <laughs> just, I, uh, including somebody, you, you take a pooper scooper along. I, look, I, I understand. I mean, what I normally do is I take along the doggy bags. I forgot. So I invested a dollar, and that, that's it. Um, actually, one of our listeners says, Jeff, I've cleaned up enough uh, in my yard from other people's. I figure the neighborhood owes me one. Now, now see, there is that point, but I, I know exactly what would happen. If I, if I walked away and ignored it, that would be the time that somebody would be, again, they'd have that cell phone video, and then, then I, would be a, I would go viral on, on YouTube or, or whatever. And I, I don't mind going viral for things, but that's not what I necessarily want to do. A quick reminder, coming up at 1130 – we're going to uh, start our brand new revamped week in review. A couple, uh, I think, absolutely outstanding panelists are going to be part of the regular panel. We're going to be talking about a number of things that we've discussed during the course of the week. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit different than, for example, the week in reviews that Charlie did, but I think you'll find it very, very entertaining. Also, we're going to be live streaming that on our Facebook Live program, so you will be able to watch it and see what I describe as it will be the thorn, that's me, between two roses so you can check that all out it's coming up at 11 30 all right during this segment of the program every day i call it dealer's choice it's the topic that i find to be incredibly interesting um and perhaps the most what i'll describe as talkable topic of the day and something that affects us all and this is this is something that the legislature in wisconsin and the governor seriously have to grapple with if the state is going to continue to grow, what we need to do is we need to invest in the infrastructure. That, that's just, that is the reality. You cannot have roads that, that crumble. Matter of fact, one of my colleagues today blew out. Did you hear the story, Hondo? One of our colleagues, Mike Spaulding, uh, I'll ask him. Spaulding, on his way into work, um, has his tire explode as he hits a pothole. And uh, the tire just literally explodes because it's this big, big pothole. And I said, well, there, there's your story for the next week. You know, do, do stories on potholes. But, you know, you, you have to, again, you have to, you have to have the infrastructure that's there. You have to fix the roads. You know, we are in southeastern Wisconsin involving a, a number of, we're, we're looking at a number of massive rebuilding and remodeling, you know, projects, the zoo interchange being the number one. If you live outstate, there's a number of projects that are out there that make it easier to connect between other parts of the state. And that's important if we're going to have commerce. So there's no doubt that you have to have quality roadways. The problem is that while there is certainly waste in the transportation budget, while I think you can make a strong argument that we don't do a good enough job of perhaps getting the maximum bang for our buck, as it were, the, the reality is that the principal ways we fund our, our, our road improvements are through the gas tax and through the registration fees. Okay, registration fees are, for the state, $75, Every everybody that registers their cars. You know, the gas tax is around $0.32. Cents. It has been frozen at that level for years and years, at $0.32 cents for the state. Plus, because more people are driving in energy-efficient cars, uh, the, the number of, of gallons of gasoline being sold kind of go, goes down because, you know, we're getting increased mileage. For people who are driving hybrid or electric cars, I, I don't want to say that they're free riders because they end up paying 
uh, registration fees, but but they're not buying anywhere near as much gasoline as somebody else is. So the the, the reality is you put all this stuff together and you've got a, a shortage. You don't have enough money. Now, clearly, let's just put one thing aside for this conversation. You You want to make sure the system, the DOT, is operating as efficiently as possible. And I believe that there's all sorts of things you could do to look for savings in some of these road projects. But at the same time, the reality is if you have pretty much fixed levels of funding and costs continue to go up and you want to have new projects, there's only so much cutting you can do. At some point in time, you're probably going to, you're definitely going to have to figure out how do we bring more money in. Now, the governor has been vehemently opposed to increasing the gasoline tax. The governor's solution is he'd like to borrow. And I, I don't necessarily discount that because borrowing isn't always bad. Nobody very few people would be able to, you know, buy houses if it weren't for borrow, borrowing. You know, how many people? Can I see a show of hands? You have a mortgage. Well, you know, okay, you want to buy a $250,000 house. Most people don't have a quarter of a million dollars sitting around to pay. So what they do is they put, you know, 10% down or 20% down. They borrow the rest. So borrowing isn't necessarily bad, but you do pay back more. And if you, you know, borrow $200,000 and finance it at 3% or whatever our friends Brian Wickert can get you at AccuNet Mortgage, you, you finance that, you know, you're going to pay more than that $200,000. You know, it would be cheaper if you just paid cash, but people can't pay cash for those things. So borrowing isn't necessarily bad, but it does kick costs into the future. Robin Voss, who's the Speaker of the State Assembly, he said, hey, look, I, I think we have to we have to keep everything on the table. Matter of fact, we did an interview with him a, a while back. And yesterday, he came out and did an interview on Wisconsin's Afternoon News where he said that his preferred option for trying to solve the road funding gap, and this is after after taking into account, you know, money that you can save. And I think, you know, Voss says he, he thinks that they can save about a billion dollars um, in in overrides and expenditures but after after that we're, we're going to have we're going to need more money if we're going to continue to do these improvements and Voss comes out and says his preferred option of the different options that are around is is tolling installing toll roads I want to open up the idea of phone lines 414-799-1620 800-877-1620 that's the accident mortgage toll-free talk line now the way it works is you would need the permission of the federal government there's regulatory there's hoops that you have to, would have Wisconsin would have to jump through it's not like we can just snap our fingers and say okay we are going to create you know toll roads but you could apply for federal permission to do that you can't before anybody calls up and suggests this, you can't just say, okay, this is going to be a toll road for people who are in Illinois, from Illinois. So you can't just simply say, we're only going to make Illinois people you know, pay tolls. We would all have to pay tolls. So if you decided you were going to put up a toll road on I-94 from, say, I don't know, Milwaukee County down to the state line, Yes, people from Illinois would have to pay it, but the rest of us would have to pay it as well. So what do you think about the idea of toll roads? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. Hondo is lining up the calls. We discuss in two minutes. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 
1019, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. They are expecting one to four inches of snow in Atlanta um, over the weekend through Saturday night. Do you have any idea what one to four inches of snow is going to do in Atlanta? I mean, it's we, we do snow really, really well here, and one to four inches of snow is not a big deal. In Atlanta, it will shut the city down. <laughs> it just, I mean, if, if you want to... You want to just, I mean, tune into the news stations. Uh, just watch it. You're going to see people, and of course, people don't know how to drive in the snow in general, but especially in the south where they're not used to it. They don't have equipment to clean up the roads, and it, it melts quickly. But I'm telling you, I think you're looking at just a major mess, this storm, one to four inches. Okay, uh, it is a real problem. And I, I want to be, see, one of the things, if you're new to my show, I, I try to be honest about stuff and confront stuff in the real world. Right? We do have an issue with transportation funding in Wisconsin, with the roads. And I'm a big believer that you got to keep the roads improved and you have to keep building roads to make it easier for commerce to get around. We, we have an issue with funding and, and there's waste in the DOT. No question about it. You, you get rid of the waste, though. And, and we're still going to have to figure out a way to generate more money. You can do it through borrowing, bonding, that would be. You can do it through increasing the gas tax. You can do it through increasing the, the wheel tax, the registration fee. Robin Voss, the Speaker of the Assembly, says his preferred way is is tolling. What do you think? Jake in Caledonia. Jake, you're first. Good afternoon. Good morning. I'm sorry. Morning, morning Jeff. Yeah, I like the idea of putting the toll roads by the state line, like down in Pleasant Prairie, for example, going into Minnesota or Ohio. Uh, make the users actually pay for it versus raising all the license plate registrations. Mm-hmm. And also, those who are out of state will actually pay to improve our roads. Right. Now, at the same time, like I said, you can't just target Wisconsin residents. So let's say let's say you make I-94 a toll road south of Milwaukee County, just for the sake of argument. Um, people from Wisconsin who are driving that stretch, they're going to have to pay it, too. So it's not just going to be Illinois folks. Correct. I would say start out small, maybe put a couple in there. Don't put a whole bunch between Illinois and Milwaukee, but if you put a couple through there, that would definitely okay. help. Uh, I was down in Florida, and I paid their tolls, and yep. I didn't like that, but I didn't see one pothole. Well, yeah, I mean, in anybody, I mean, that's you, that's a great example. I mean, anytime, for example, if you fly into Orlando and you're going from the airport up to Disney World, for example, um, there, there's like two or three. You're on toll roads that that whole way, yeah. And Correct. right now, thank, thank you. I mean, that's, I mean, that that is, I mean, that's one of the things. Now, the, the fairness about toll roads is that it is it is a true user fee in that the people who are using at least those portions of the road, are paying for that, that portion of the road or, or at least paying a portion towards it, whereas if you have, and I don't mean to pick on out-of-state people because, like I say, toll roads have to apply to everybody, but you know, if you have somebody who is in Illinois, they're not paying a Wisconsin registration fee. Let's say they come up here with a full tank of gas. They, drive, they fill up before they leave the state, before they leave Illinois. They drive up to downtown Milwaukee, turn around and drive back. They've used the roads and haven't contributed anything towards the maintenance. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. Let's talk to James in West Dallas. James, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Hey, good morning, Jeff. i got to say, first, uh, I grew up in uh, Seattle, Washington. Yeah. I remember putting chains on my car for an inch of snow. <laughs> yeah. We- <laughs> yeah. Can, so you're with me that whatever, when this storm hits Atlanta, it's going to be a major mess. <laughs> Just stay home. At any yeah. rate, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like the idea of tolls. I think, um, like you said, it's a user fee. I think it's fair, too. You know, if I don't want to, if I'm a local resident and I don't want to pay a toll, you know, I can take a side road. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, I think this is balanced. 
because we're not saying that we're just going to fund it with tolls. We're right. going to save you know, did you say a billion dollars? I mean, well, they say they say Voss says that he believes that there's like a billion dollars that they can find in cuts and savings, but that doesn't insane. get you. Holy cow! Yeah, but that doesn't. Yeah, he says that uh, the state is looking to cut costs and already has found about a billion dollars to help alleviate the, the deficit. But that's, but again, I mean, a billion here, a billion there. You know, pal. Sometimes you're talking. Some sooner or later, you start talking about big bucks. Hey, some some of us use a dollar bill to pick up <laughs> Others use a billion. I, 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 well, <laughs> it was an emergency. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the call. It was an emergency situation. I didn't want to leave it. Um, 414-799-1620. Okay. And again, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not... Am, am I thrilled about the idea of toll roads? No, but do you, do I think we should reject it automatically? I, I don't know. I think it's something that you need to that you need to consider. Let's talk to uh, let's see, Bill in Milwaukee. Bill, you're on six twenty WTMJ. What do you think? Uh, thanks for taking my Good call. Good morning. Uh, I, I think uh, I think the toll roads are a horrible idea. First of all, it's going to cost millions of dollars to set this up. Out, you know, at these different places, you're going to have to build all this stuff. So right there, you're just wasting millions of dollars. Well, the, it's interesting. The study they did analyzing the impact of toll roads that cost almost a million dollars. So okay, yeah. and, and, and then on top of it, uh, you know, people do not want to be out on the freeway. They want to get home. They want to get where they're going. So now it's just going to add another five, ten minutes onto everyone's commute. Um, and then on top of it, you, now we're all going to get another bill every month in the mail to pay this thing off. You know, I would just assume pay a one-time thing or do it, do a do a tax on the gas because, you know, you don't pay attention, you don't care, you know. Like so said, you I think a superior alternative, well, we have not raised the gas tax in Wisconsin for a long time. You think a superior alternative would be to say, okay, let's jack the gas tax up a nickel or a dime a gallon or whatever that dollar would, would amount. Yeah, You'd I mean, rather pay more in a gas tax. Yeah, what, really, what's the difference? I mean, you're going to pay it regardless. It's just a huge inconvenience, the tolls mm-hmm. are. You know, you're going to stop. You're going to have to slow way down, you know, every eight or ten miles. Yep. And, you know, and just it's, it's, it's just silly. It's the waste well, of money all around, and it's inconvenient. Okay, well, that, I, mean, I, I mean, see, you know, it, it is interesting because I, I have... When I went to the Hall of Fame induction thing uh, for Brett Favre this summer, um, I went... I drove out there with my best friend, and he had he has one of these fast pass things because he used to live on the East Coast, and it actually did. You, you didn't actually have to stop. You had to slow down, but you had to go through these things, and it just registered on your fast pass thing, and you got charged at the end of the uh, you got charged at the end of the the month or, or whatever. You put money into the fast pass. Now the 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 difference with the toll roads as opposed to the gas fee is the the gas tax. Like I say that. That just hits the people that are are buying gasoline and driving. It, it doesn't necessarily capture the people who are using the roads. And because, again, cars are more energy efficient, I think you'd probably have to substantially increase the gas tax. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to um, Mike on the northwest side. Mike, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Uh my my idea, the first thing I think would be, uh, I used to be in sales and put like thirty thousand miles on a, a year, and now I'm so I retired and I put like uh, seven thousand miles mm-hmm. a year. I think the best thing to do, the very thing to do, would be a mileage tax for the people who use the roads the most should pay the most. And so, how would and, you how would you do that? Like when you like essentially requiring people as a condition of registration to go in once a year and and have to the DMV or somewhere and have them record their mileage? Well, you do your uh, emissions yeah. tests 
and they check your mileage. Right. Do it the next time and whatever. Maybe they can figure out somehow how to do it per, per year. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of the idea. You know, and again, I mean, that would that would, of course, be the fairest way of, you know, implementing a kind of, of a user tax. I just I guess I'd really have to think about the practical problems with that, namely being with all the cars that are out on the road right now that aren't registered, <laughs> at least, you know, at least if it's a non-registered car, they still have to buy gasoline. So they're paying a tax. If there was a toll road, they'd still have to be paying to drive on that. If you're depending on people to show up, have their mileage checked and then write a check. I don't know. Could be tough. We're going to revisit this at some point in time in the future. But this is something to think about because, again, I want to deal in realities. Nobody wants to pay more money. I'm not convinced necessarily that bonding might not be the best solution. Again, the the borrowing to deal with this. But it's a real world problem because you got to have good roads and we can't have monster potholes that are eating cars like happened to our colleague in the news department today. Ten thirty-five, Jeff Wagner, six twenty, WTMJ. Keeping, keep in mind, within an hour, we're going to be launching our our very new uh, WTMJ Week in Review Hondo. By the way, um, would you call the receptionist and make sure they know we're going to have our, our two regular panelists that are coming in there, so so I, we don't get the note saying fail, you failed to alert the receptionist. Yes, uh, that's going to be, and we are also going to be streaming that live on our Facebook Live. So be sure to tune into that. Uh, I was listening to Jane's news broadcast. The, the stock market, the Dow Jones Industrials, and I, I understand a number is just a number, but it has been flirting with 20,000, which would be a record high. It's been flirting with 20,000 for a couple weeks now, and I keep wondering when when it's going to hit that. Right now, Dow Jones up 46 points. It's 19,940 Five, So it's within 55 points of, which, you know, percentage-wise now, going another 55 points is, is absolutely nothing. I wonder if today, today might be that day it hits 20,000. Some good economic news that are out, some good job reports and stuff. Today might be the day it hits 20,000. Like I say, 20,000 is just the number, but, you know, there is a psychology that goes with some of the numbers. Now, if you are a regular listener, you know that I was not a fan of Donald Trump when he was running for office. But I was also not a fan of Hillary Clinton. I, I, I wasn't a fan of Hillary Clinton either. And I'm not sorry Donald Trump won. I mean, I, I just, I'm not like some of the folks, I'm not like some people who have just completely and totally drank the Kool-Aid and believe that there's nothing that Donald Trump can do that's wrong. I, I don't buy that. At the same time, I'm not one of these people who believes that everything he's doing is wrong. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of his cabinet appointments and a lot of the things he's been talking about doing since he became, you know, the president-elect, I think they are very, very positive. So I'm viewing this whole thing, I am optimistic from the perspective of conservative, but at the same time, I I haven't, again, I'm not willing to kind of, like I say, just completely stick my head in the sand and ignore certain things. I, I I do wish he'd give up give up Twitter. I, this is I just here, here's the latest example of this. The um, Celebrity Apprentice, you know, appeared the, the other night, whatever it was it last Sunday. Now, whenever, whenever they had the Celebrity Apprentice, whenever it whenever it aired. And I have never been 
I have never been a fan of either The Apprentice or The Celebrity Apprentice. And it is interesting. You look at some of the people they have on there, and you kind of wonder what the definition of celebrity really is. But but anyways, they, they, they have the new season of Celebrity Apprentice. And Donald Trump is like an executive producer because he's like a co-owner of the show, but he says he's not involved with this. But they have replaced him. He is no longer in the boardroom. Now it's... It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, the former governor of California. And apparently the celebrity apprentice, well, I I don't know if it's fair to say it was a bomb, but it did not apparently do very well in the ratings. And I I have no perspective on it because I didn't watch the show. Uh, Friday morning, that would be this morning, 6.34 a.m. Eastern Time, the man who is on the verge of being the leader of the free world, took to Twitter to comment on not the state of affairs with Russia, not the job reports, not illegal immigration, not any of the other myriad of problems we have. The man who is poised within a couple weeks to be the leader of the free world decided to take to Twitter to comment on the celebrity apprentice. And and, and what... Was he gracious? Was he funny? No, he he takes the celebrity to Twitter. Here's what he wrote. He sends out uh, a, a tweeting, a tweet. Wow, the ratings are in, and Arnold Schwarzenegger got swamped, parens, or destroyed, close parens, for people who might not have understood the reference, by comparison to the ratings machine uh, DJT, Donald Trump. So much for being a movie star, and that was season one compared to season 14. Now compare him to my season one, but who cares? He supported Kasich and Hillary. So Trump takes the man who wants to be the leader of the free world, with all the issues we are facing, decides he's going to send out multiple tweets bragging about how his ratings for Celebrity Apprentice were so much better than Arnold Schwarzenegger's ratings. And again, I just, it's a heavy sigh, and I understand that it's kind of a small thing, but fair is fair. And I am trying to imagine if Bill Clinton or Barack Obama sent out a similar sort of, of tweet you know, boasting about how well they did in comparison to one of their successors or whatever in something completely and totally unrelated to the job, almost everybody would be just, especially in the conservative media, would be just ripping them. So, again, I wish Donald Trump the best. I I think, actually, his, you know, pre-presidency is off to a pretty darn decent start. But, you know, what he needs to realize is when he does stuff like this, It just causes a lot of people, first of all, it causes the people to think he's a lightweight, to just believe for sure that he's a lightweight, and it causes a lot of the rest of us to just kind of roll our eyes and say, really? Let it go. Yes, your ratings were higher, I guess, than Arnold Schwarzenegger's. It might be that, you know, people wanted to see you. It might be. Want to? It might be simply be that the thing is just kind of tired and is starting to run its course. It might be that nobody cares about who these celebrities are. But but regardless, just kind of let it go. Let it go. It's ten forty four. Jeff Wagner, six twenty WTMJ. Apparently, um, in in the South, 
There, there is now a run on grocery stores and food stores. There's a storm system that's moving through the south. It's going to hit tonight and, and tomorrow. They are predicting one to four inches of snow in Atlanta. Uh, the University of Alabama suspending operations for the day. Uh, they are predicting that the worst of the storm will hit, let's see, Raleigh, North Carolina, is expected to get 4 to 10 inches of snow. Wow. Charlotte is looking at 3 to 4 inches of snow, Atlanta 1 to 4 inches, and, because people just don't know how to drive there. And it's just, there. there's one story after another I'm looking at about how there, there's literally a run on the stores. People, right, Hondo makes a good point. Yes, they do not have the equipment to deal with snow. I, I, I've told this story on the radio before. I was... Uh, Gosh, I've been practicing. I was with the Department of Justice for a year or two, and I was out in Washington for this this two-week training seminar, and it, it ended on a Friday. My my, my st- the thing officially ended on a Friday, but my role ended on Thursday, and there was a storm coming. I wanted to get out. I mean, I'd, I'd been gone for two weeks. I wanted to get home. So I leave my nice, warm hotel room, get a cab, Go out to D.C. National, Reagan, right before the, um, as the snow was flying. My car, my cab was the last ground transportation to get in to the airport before they closed it down. Then, of course, they closed down the, the metro. Then they closed down everything. I was stuck at the airport along with about 100 or 200 people. Um, now, the interesting side, so, I mean, I spent the night at, at the airport uh, because it's snowing. And I knew we were in trouble when the, the, the equipment they had the guy that plows my par- plowed my parents' driveway had a bigger snow plow than they had at D.C. National or Reagan or whatever they're calling it at the time. I-, I knew we weren't going anywhere, and it snowed a lot. Um, one of the interesting things is I met James Mishner, the author. He was there. He was snowed in, and um, it was Mishner and me, and there was this guy who had a bottle of scotch. And then there was this airline attendant, a stewardess, an airline flight attendant, and we were all kind of together and sharing the bottle of scotch. And I think the guy was, was interested in trying to make time with the flight attendant. And I was thinking, okay, pal, <laughs> what, what do you, th- what do you, th- this is not just going to happen here. But, but he did share his scotch. So, I mean, I ended up having a drink stuck at an airport with the late James Mishner. And that was kind of, that was sort of interesting. The next day I found some crazy cab driver, paid him a stupid amount of money, and he drove me to Arlington. And um, actually my, my dear friend, Susan Johnson, uh, you know, just kind of saved my life. Because here, I'm going to make your breakfast here, take a shower. It it, it, it was fine. But, yeah, when these snows hit in that part of the country, they do not know what to deal with them. Hey, Pete, this is for, – for everybody that lives their life in fear of government warnings, this is just the latest example. Peanut allergies – and by the way, I understand that nut allergies are not something to fool around with. One of my closest friends who passed away a year or two ago um, had, a, had a nut allergy not not a peanut allergy because peanuts grow in the ground, but these were nuts that grow in the trees. But you know, I, once or twice when we were growing up, I watched when he inadvertently had you know like a walnut or something, and it it was scary. I mean, we're talking epipens and maybe rushes to the emergency room. So peanut allergies are nothing to fool around with, and especially they're nothing to fool around with with kids. Now I. I understand reasonable people can argue about what what do you do with these and, and how far do you go with like keeping peanut butter out of school lunchrooms and stuff like that. But for years and years, the the advice has been with kids not to not to give them not to give them peanuts. Okay, uh, not to give them peanuts. That's that's been it. Well, yesterday. New study out, the, now the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases that's part of the National Institute of Health, who for years and years has been saying, don't give children peanuts, 
now says, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. They've now issued new guidelines that say peanut allergies can be curbed by introducing children to foods that contain peanuts as young as early infancy. The new rules follow new scientific research that shows that introducing foods with peanuts during infancy can prevent future allergies. Theoretically, you build up a, a tolerance. I don't know what's true or not, but for years and years, people have been told, don't do not do this. Don't let your kids around peanuts now. Never mind. Do it. I, I am just, I am convinced that all these things we've been told are bad for us. At some point in time, there's going to be a study that comes out and says, we were completely wrong. You know, you, you, maybe you should be smoking a carton of cigarettes. Maybe that'll, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. But for everybody that's been told no to peanut allergies, don't give them to kids. Now it's give them. All right. We were talking about Donald Trump a couple minutes ago. The inauguration is coming up. There is a small, historically black college, Talladega College, which is in Talladega, Alabama, where they've got the big racetrack. Um, Talladega College, their marching band, has been invited to participate in the inaugural parade. They're called the, the Marching Tornadoes. And they've been invited to, again, participate. Ever since it came out that they were invited to participate, there has been a huge firestorm because you you understand, you know, that that there's some people out there that believe that Donald Trump is, is not a legitimate president. There's some people who believe that he's incredibly polarizing. There's some who believe that he is sexist and racist and you know, uh, anti-immigrant and hates, you know, all these different races. And so ever since it was announced that he was going to be one, uh, that this band had been invited to participate, you have had pressure being brought on the college to withdraw. Matter of fact, um, there's an online petition calling for the ban to withdraw and attracted over about 2,000 signers, many of them supporters and contributors of the college who've threatened to withhold future contributions. And the idea being, if you send the band to participate in the inaugural parade in Washington, what you are essentially doing is you are endorsing Donald Trump and we don't like Donald Trump, so you, you being the band, shouldn't go. All right, let's open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. This has become a huge controversy. You've got, again, the historically black college. A number of alumni, a number of supporters are outraged, indicating that Donald Trump, uh, that they're going to be participating, they're going to be marching in the inaugural parade. Should they... Simply say no. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. And does participating in the inaugural parade, does that essentially constitute an endorsement by the college of, of the Trump administration? What do you think? 414-799-1620. Should they go? Should they not go? And let's put it in a different perspective. You know, if you're... If your kid is in a marching band in the college or in high school or whatever, they get invited to participate in the inaugural parade. If you don't like Donald Trump, should you just say no? We discuss in two minutes. If you're on the line, please hold on. 1052, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.
It's 10.55, Jeff Wagner, 6.20 WTMJ. The countdown to Wild Card Weekend is on. Vegas thinks the Packers are headed to another week of playoff football. Do you? Greg Matzik opens the discussion at 6.07 on Sports Central. I, I haven't checked the line in a couple of days. It, it opened up at 3.5, which is is really kind of a toss-up because normally being the home team is, is typically good for at least three points. So I think... Um, Vegas views this as pretty much of a toss-up. I think it's going to be a great game. And when we were doing Monday morning quarterbacks, as we will be doing this Monday as well, I think, um, I don't believe Wayne, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he certainly looks healthy. He's, he's moving around really, really well. I think it's going to be just a great game, and I'm I'm hoping this run continues. Hey, speaking of the world of sports, uh, my, Tom Pippins, who has been at Channel 6 for 32 years, um, most recently as the state's station sports director, he announced that he's he's retiring. He's going to be retiring in February after um, 32 years. I, um, I've always enjoyed his work. I mean, as somebody who's around here, you know, has grown up here and lived here, you, you really appreciate the work that a lot of the mainstays in the media do. Here's the other thing about Tom Pippins. I run into him at opening day every once in a while. Um, I hope I'm telling tales out of not telling tales out of school, but I, he's a listener. You know, he's a listener. So I keep saying, well, now, now, Tom, with you retiring, you'll have more time to listen, and you can you can even call in. You know, it'll be Tom from Brown Deer or whatever. We'll be around. Okay, controversy involving Donald Trump yet again, but this time it's not of Trump's doing. Uh, a historically black college in Talladega, Alabama, has been invited to participate in the inaugural parade. A number of faculty members and alumni have started this petition complaining. Essentially, Donald Trump, the the argument is this, Donald Trump will be hostile to blacks. Therefore, an historically black college should not participate in the inaugural parade. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. 414-799-1620, That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Now, maybe you disagree with me on this one, but I, one thing has nothing to do with the, the other. My advice, if you ever have a chance to meet a president of the United States, my advice is do it. I mean, I can remember when Bill Clinton was elected president. I did not vote for Bill Clinton on either occasions. I do not. I have serious issues with, you know, what Bill Clinton did in the presidency. But I had an opportunity to meet Bill Clinton. And you know what? I did. Because it wasn't just a question of, okay, you're meeting Bill Clinton. It was a chance you're getting to meet the person who is the leader of the free world. Who says no to something like that? And in this particular case, you know, you've got this marching band. You have the opportunity to participate in an historic uh, event. It's not a political event. It's not like the band is performing at a Donald Trump fundraiser. That's something different. The band has the opportunity to perform at a a ceremony, uh, essentially, which is bigger than Barack Obama or George Bush or Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or whoever comes after Donald Trump. This is the ceremony that is just quintessential America, which celebrates the, the transfer of power and the idea that if the band 
participates and marches. This is an endorsement of Donald Trump. Wow. We, who, who knows? You know, plus, who ends up making that decision? Maybe there's some people, you know, in the band that like Donald Trump or voted for Donald Trump. Maybe there's some that didn't. But but you're not there as a cheerleader for Donald Trump. You're there as part of your school participating in the inaugural ceremony. And if you get a chance to do this, my advice to the band would be do it. Do it. It's something that I guarantee that you will remember for your entire life. You have an opportunity to participate this in this. And, and the idea that we want to politicize everything is very, very disappointing. Now, the good news is, yeah, late yesterday afternoon, the president of the college said, look, we, we appreciate that this is controversial. We, we understand that some people are threatening to withhold funding. But, you know, we're going because we think this is going to be great for our students. So, you know, the marching tornadoes from Talladega College are going to be there, even if some people don't like it. And you know what? For the people who participate, like I say, they will remember it for their entire life. 